0: Salaam and hello. Welcome back to Uproot. My name is Lily Bakata Piper and I am just delighted that you tuned in today. It has been a minute since I have connected with all of you, and I have missed podcasting and hearing your stories and telling stories, and thank you, thank you for still listening in today. Like many of you, the pandemic has, you know, thrown off my year. All of my goals went, you know, (laughs) to nothing, and the last few months have been no exception. I've taken some time to start a new full-time job, actually, to take my daughter to university. Uh, Then her university closed, and I had to bring her back home, and it's just been a roller coaster. I'll be very honest with you. It has been up and down season and I know many of you can relate. And so I am particularly grateful that you are tuning in today and that you didn't unsubscribe somewhere along the way. Thank you for listening. So how many of you are thinking about the holidays? It's December 1st and I know that is very much on my mind. We have already decorated. I needed a little boost, so we decorated last week for Christmas here. And whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or you have your own special traditions that wrap out the year, I'm sure that you're really reflecting on what it is that you need to give or want to get this year. For me, it's completely changed. You know, this holiday is a big deal for me. I I love giving gifts. I love decorating and getting to the season. But as I slowed down and thought about all this year has taught me, how to let go, how to try and maintain peace, that's really what I realized I wanted. I want this Christmas to be about loved ones and connection and health, of course, health of above all and peace of mind. So that's what we're gonna be talking about over the next few weeks. What do we really want and need this holiday season? And for sure, peace of mind and mental wellness is top of my list. So to help us unpack what it means to be mentally well, how to achieve some peace of mind in the season, and how to really offer some comfort and support to our friends is my good friend and therapist, Julie Goko. Julie is a qualified psychodynamic psychotherapist and psychosexual therapist. Big words. (laughs) She has over 15 years of work experience as a psychiatric nurse and a specialist practitioner in sexual health. Julie has a private practice here in Nairobi and she specializes in couples, individuals, and adolescents who are experiencing relational conflict, depression, sexual trauma, anxiety or depression. In the coming year, Julie will expand her portfolio and she'll begin teaching on race and diversity issues in the Masters of Psychosexual Health program at the Tavistock Relation in London. Julie is a dear friend to me and somebody who, as my personal therapist, has also helped me think through how I manage stress. And I couldn't think of anyone better to help us think about how do we achieve peace of mind and good mental health during this holiday season and at the end of a very stressful year. So welcome to Uproot Today, my good friend, Julie Kathiri Goko Welcome, Dr. Julie Githiri Goko. Did I say that right? You always call me. Do- you always call me doctor. I'm, I'm curious where that doctor has come from. I guess it's just from I deep can respect you. and love for you. Where else would it come from? <laughs>
1: I guess <laughs> you're not. You're just Julie. I'm just Julie and it's interesting how people put doctors some somebody told me "Oh, doctors make us feel good so we, we just you make us feel good so we, we're going to call you doctor like, oh. it's the gravitas it's, yeah.
0: with which you walk through life Julie it is this okay. immediate uh, respect that you have earned I think that's what it is but thank you for being thank on you. Uproot today <laughs>
1: thank you thank you for having
0: me so you know you and I are friends but you also have been my therapist and so I am eager for this conversation, because I've learned so much from our time together. And I think in the middle of this ongoing pandemic, and at the end of this calendar year, I think a lot of Mm -hmm. us are feeling the heaviness of what the last few months have brought to our lives. Um, And actually, before we go into the nitty gritty of, of your advice, tell us a little bit about your work and who you are.
1: Okay, so I'm Julie Gathiri Goko, and I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a psychodynamic psychotherapist. So I look at work of couples or individuals and sort of take into account their attachment styles and their earlier relationships, formative relationships, and how that may have impacted them then and how it imprints on them as adults now.
0: Okay. That's so essentially the
1: whole, in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's
0: a psychodynamic psychotherapist. Yeah, so
1: I mean, yeah. and I, I work
0: psychotherapist. Yeah,
1: it's 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 there. It's out there. There are quite a lot of psychotherapists that work psychodynamically, either with adults or even with children.
0: Fantastic, thank you. Mm. For that. So, tell me, just on a personal note and a professional note, how have you fared this year? How have the last you know eight months or so been for you and your family?
1: It's been a, a mix. I think it's been a mixed bag of emotions. It's been at times really difficult. Of dealing with the online schooling and having to all be at home all the time, you know, we're right. sort of being busy. I've got teenage boys at home, so everybody's sort of having their own routine. And now it's we're sort of home, yeah. so sort of just trying to adjust to that and and sort of limiting their them growing up because of my own fears. So sort of dealing with what the pandemic means to their health and sort of how that means even for us as, as parents and me and my husband and what it means for us and it's. Just, it's been a mixed bag, and having my mum in the UK and having my daughter still in Canada, so that's been mm. been really scary at times. But you know, just be hopeful and sort of keep communication going with lots of video calls, lots of communications, and just hopefully we've, we've sort of we've done ten months. Like feel like we've been here for yeah. years, but you know, we're hopeful that it will end at some point. So still trying to remain optimistic.
0: Yeah, you have your heart really? in many different places. I can't imagine that that's easy. So many,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. so many.
0: <laughs> you must be tracking Ministry of Health like in each of these countries and trying in to keep Three up. locations. <laughs> oh my gosh. In
1: three separate locations, it's crazy. Uh, mm. Somebody
0: out there needs to develop an app where you can like put a GPS on your loved ones and <laughs> and track their movements and also COVID. You know. <laughs> those yes. GPS. Yes. Well, I, it makes me even more grateful that you've made time for us today because I'm sure and I know just from, you know, our personal talks that, you know, your work as a psychotherapist has also been quite demanding this year as you've tried to mm-hmm. ca- guide patients through, you know, what started off as a normal year through really an extraordinary one. So, mm-hmm. for me, I I've, I've found myself categorizing kinds of stress this year. You know, I've had those days where I'm like, you know, I'm okay. My family is healthy. So I'm just managing kind of the stress of cancellations and postponements in life, you know, and then probably around June or July became a little bit more stress. Um, I was taking my daughter to college. So it became now the stress of the unknown, you know, like, how how long is this going to last? Is she going to be okay? Like you were saying about your Mm -hmm. daughter being far, you know, is she going to manage alone? And then then it gets close to home and you maybe, I remember it was probably September. So I had my first kind of COVID positive in my close circle where, you know, there was yes. potential exposure. And then of course it becomes very much different kind of stress. You know, every, I used to laugh with one of my girlfriends at like around 3 PM when your throat gets dry from all the zoom calls, you start to think you have COVID because you know, you're, yeah. you're getting a scratchy throat yeah. and then, you know, you have these exposures. So I don't, Julie, those of us who are fortunate to still have our health and jobs, um, you know, we are still dealing with stress. And then those there are those who have lost loved ones and have lost jobs and the the stress Mm -hmm. they're dealing with is extraordinary. So maybe you can just help us understand a little bit, what what is our body doing? When we start to have, you know, these 3pm psychosomatic symptoms of, of COVID, or we have these other moments where we can't sleep, you know, what is our body telling us about how stress is affecting us?
1: Well, we tend to hold stress in our bodies anyway. You know, we may have eczema, you, people break up with rashes. they feel aches and pains all over the place. So our, our body's just it's, it, we've been holding on to a lot of fear and being in adrenaline mode for the last ten months.
0: Yeah, yeah. But what does adrenaline to, do? Because it, it can be good, right? It's obviously something. It can that can be. Athletes depend on, or you know. But tell us what adrenaline does over time in a situation like we're in now. Yeah, we, we, re- we
1: require it in our day to day, and you're right. An athlete will need it, but it need, they need it for such a short period of time. But if we're in a constant constant fight or flight mode we get exhausted so we get fatigue and we may even be struggling from burnout. And you think, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And I'm constantly tired. I wake up tired. I've got a restless night because our body is just constantly switched on. It doesn't know what we, we need to do. We're waiting on information that doesn't always come. There's no rhyme or reason with this COVID people get it and they recover. They're asymptomatic. Others don't. And something yeah. fatal happens. So then we're losing family members. So we're, constantly vigilant, we're hypervigilant, looking at our loved ones, looking at our friends. Do I take the risk and go out because I'm fatigued in the house all the time. So we're we're just, we're dealing with constantly having to be switched on. And there's no downtime, even when we're asleep, we're anxious. Yeah, We're dealing in a state of anxiety.
0: You know, when you say that, it, it reminds me of um, you know times where I've done public speaking or I've had a big event, mm. and then you after it's over, you have this huge rush of relief. You know, where you just yes. feel like, oh, it's like taking a bath. But in this year, we we haven't had that moment. We've just we haven't lived had that moment at that high high point, and never had that moment of relief. Really, you know, um, yeah, and so. I I sent this question to you about my own struggles being a lot about, you know, stress eating and stress drinking. And, you know, we kind of joke about that, but I have put on, you know, 15 kgs, this, this pandemic, Mm -hmm. it has been Mm -hmm. from a joke to now like created another health problem for me. So is that stress eating or stress drinking? Is that my way of trying to get my body to come down from that adrenaline and trying to say to it, okay, do something that you find comforting or do something that you find I don't know. Well, f- I don't know. What is that about?
1: <laughs> it's a negative way of coping, Lily. You know, the body needs yeah. is finding a way to cope. It needs some good hormones, something to make us feel joy and pleasure and food or binging on Netflix or just something which we can do, which keeps us safe. We're, we're sort of able to still manage all those protocols which we've been told to do. But food and drink, it's, it's an easy way to feel pleasure.
0: Now this is my theory, but I might be very, very wrong because I have zero medical or psychological training. But my mm-hmm. theory is it's not just that I might be eating more, but is my body potentially also storing this food and drink differently because I'm stressed? Maybe like because yes. it's preparing for I don't know. Absolutely. War?
1: <laughs> okay. That makes me feel but a little you, better. Your body holds your body holds on to food. It stores in times of stress because it has to be yeah. for Something's going on that we don't know can happen at any time because we're on adrenaline mode. We may need it. So let's yeah. just store in case we're, t- we're sent into fight or flight and we have to run. You know, We're, we're yeah. just preparing for crisis. So our body is storing. So the more we're eating and drinking, we're building the pounds, we're laying down the fat which then is going to have a knock-on effect on self-esteem because nothing fits anymore. Exactly. And, you know, the days when Zoom is out and we have to sort of be seen from the waist up, we'll be in serious <laughs> crisis. I,
0: I don't know. I might have to have a whole Zoom recovery season where I just <laughs> Zoom until I am back to where I was.
1: <laughs> um, About the elastic pants.
0: <laughs> exactly. I just bought some more, sadly. This is my Christmas gift to myself is, is, is more elastic pants. But so... So we're, feel, you know, this stress, like you said, it's, it's interesting to think about it as in fight and flight all day, because, you know, we, we're fighting also against something that we can't see, you know, yes. something so benign, like going to the grocery store now feels very stressful, you know, or yes. having a friend for coffee, you know, just feels mm-hmm. like, you know, I know with you, I've canceled plans, because I just had weeks where I just felt like I cannot leave my house. So
1: yes.
0: what are, are there some things that we can tell ourselves to just help us navigate and function better. You know, there are some caution. We do have to be safer. We do have to take extraordinary measures. But that Mm -hmm. mental kind of, um, you know, it's like a tape that's just playing in our minds. What are some messages that we can tell ourselves to help us kind of come off the ledge when we may have, you know, letting stress drive us to the point where we really are having a hard time functioning very well?
1: I suppose it's challenging our fear. I mean, the fear is real. We're looking at the numbers. The numbers are going up and people are dying. But we have to think, what can I do to keep myself safe? I think, yes, I could limit the time that I, I spend out. I, if I'm going to go out I go to an open air place, I'd be a bit more inquisitive about the person I'm going to meet and what's their bubble and their movement and their circle. Like, ask the question. And even if you do meet and you feel uncomfortable, then you're still wearing a mask you know, and doing sessions face to face. And I say, actually, I will sit with the mask on. Feel free to take yours off. So I'm doing my, yeah, Yeah. I'm doing my bit to keep myself safe. If it's a couple, they live together, so their risk is lower. But, you know, I need to keep myself safe and I have ventilated room. But you're sort of managing the risk. You're not going to sort of keep yourself a hermit in your house and not go anywhere and become a recluse because that's not healthy for your mental health anyway. You still need to interact with people. We're social beings. We crave and we need to be in each other's company. But it's how can we do that safely? So we're not going to put ourselves at risk.
0: So let's talk about that for one more minute because you, you said mm-hmm. earlier, and I think it's so true, we all do feel also real fatigue at the end of the day if you're on school, if you're in school or if you're working and you're Zooming yes. all day, um, it's exhausting. And then at the same time, you need human connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So help us understand kind of what, what does human connection give us, Julie? Why is that still important even in this kind of context where we do
1: have to stay apart? If you think we've spent most of our lives if not all of our lives in the company in, in the connection and in the space with other people so now we're having to do something completely abnormal
0: yeah
1: whether it's around touch whether it's around just friendship being able to connect with family we we crave that we need that just for that validation and for the sense of purpose and for us to feel whole yeah and if we're if, we're, if that's lacking then we've got no one to bounce off ideas with no one to hear us no one to make us feel secure and to be safe ironically being with people can make you be unsafe because they could give you this virus but we also crave it as well yeah we need it so it's trying to find the balance if i can be in somebody's company and get my needs met which is that social internet inter- connection and interaction but then still managing this this, this um, virus, because even thinking of my, my teenage boys, you know, they crave going out. I mean, they're at that age where teenagers are really struggling You're keeping them indoors and do, having to do something so abnormal to their you way of being. So
0: contradictory of everything so they should be doing yeah. right
1: now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But they so, need it. They need that because it helps with self-esteem, being able to build social skills. And now that they're, they're losing those skills, which they've spent years trying to really develop and grow.
0: I think that's such a keen observation to understand Mm. our kids have been on a developmental plan, both intentionally through school and parenting, but also unintentionally, like the the brain is developing, the brain is growing. And then to have that arrested at this moment and so severely put on pause, I don't think we maybe appreciate that enough as parents of what that maybe does to them. So let's talk about kids for a minute, because I think as as a parent as well with four kids, I am... I've had moments where I feel like I'm hyper attuned to them. Like, you know, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Are you okay? Should we play a game? Should we, the other moments where I'm so overwhelmed myself that I I don't have much to offer. Um, But tell us what Mm -hmm. you're seeing and what we should know as parents of kids. And maybe I can break this down into two groups because I think there are definitely different camps right now. There are parents of younger kids who Mm -hmm. may be happy to be at home because they're younger and home is still their favorite place. And mom and dad are still their favorite people. But they are disconnected from yes. other kids their age. And it's hard on parents. They're, they're having to deal and teach their mm-hmm. kids in a way they didn't. And then there's this older group of kids who need the independence. Mm-hmm. And we're having to say not right now. So maybe we can talk about yes. families with younger kids. What are some things maybe they should be looking for or paying attention to in their kids' behaviors or in their even family routines that might mean something more is going on with their kids or that their kids are handling stress um, you know, and, and, um, or having a tough, tough time with it?
1: Younger children may regress. They may mm. go back to bedwetting. They may become very babyish and be very clingy because they can sense that there's this anxiety and something new in the way that you're interacting with them. So we, we have to be observant of that. Yeah, you know, they might start talking very babyish again. You know that sort of tone. You work so hard to get them out of it. to have whole conversations, and they regress back to sort of really baby talk, mm. bedwetting, maybe not eating their food, sort of being tantrumy, just sort of mm. really not listening anymore so behavior really is the the first place that you notice major changes in your interaction with them but it's how do you manage that in a way you're not reprimanding them all the time because it's about the connection that's important at this time we we want to sort of create boundaries and let them know that they can't sort of misbehave but actually what's what they crave is just reassurance So what does what, what
0: would that sound like to like you know six seven eight year old? What is reassurance? Maybe what are some? I don't know if it's specific phrases or just what would that look like
1: for them? Just being able to sit with them, sort of have really quiet time. Maybe just hugging them. Maybe watching a, a, a program together, reading a book together. Really sort of winding down. Maybe bath time, bedtime. So you're bringing them back to a place where they feel safe and secure again. So it's not always. Having them on adrenaline mode and always switched on. You know, I, I spoke to a parent recently who, who nearly got home just at the brink of of curfew, and the child in the car was so anxious because they knew that what they were doing something was wrong. Their parents were just anxious, so they're picking up on us. They've been watching us since the day they were born. So they know our nonverbals
0: yeah absolutely
1: absolutely have to sort of try and really de-escalate situation at home so you're trying to be as calm with them as possible and having real sort of pockets of time in the day where you're quiet you're calm you're connected with them not all the time because obviously you've got things that you need to do and they need to maybe do online school as well or whatever it But is they're just trying to create those opportunities
0: yeah, and you know, and I, I, this series is coming at the time of the year where the, where the holidays are coming up, and, and it was intentional. We, I think mental health has been talked about throughout this pandemic, mm. at least I hope. Uh, yes. People have been talking about that's actually now our second pandemic in a way is people's wellness and wholeness, as you said earlier, and yet the holidays hopefully present us, those of us who are fortunate enough to have jobs that will give us time yes. off or not essential workers mm-hmm. will give us a bit more time where we can do some of the things that you mentioned, which is, you know, spending that intentional time and, maybe mm-hmm. building some new traditions, you know, this will be maybe a, a yes. quieter and smaller ho- smaller holiday for many people. Um, mm-hmm. So our older kids, our teenagers and young adults who are on the brink of, you know, adulthood, what are the signs that maybe that this stress is really starting to, you know, weigh heavy on them? What are the kind of those mental health signs that we need to be paying
1: attention to? And this is an interesting group because they're they, not they, they dependent on us so right. much. And you know, maybe before this pandemic, they were going out, they were socializing, they were doing their own thing. You know? And now we're sort of saying, you can't go out and you can't have people around. Um, so we're limiting their freedoms. And for this age, freedom is so important. But yeah. if you find that they're becoming so insular, they're in their bedrooms, they're isolating, they're constantly on social media. And yes, they will be on social media for a large period of the time, but you're able to connect with them as often as is possible for that age group. I mean, what I tend to do is we tend to go out for lunches and dinners. So i will be really deliberate in saying, okay, we're coming out of the house and we're gonna yeah. go to this place and we're not gonna use phones. We're just gonna just talk to each other.
0: Yeah.
1: And we, in fact, we did that yesterday. We were somewhere in, in Westgate and we just went and we had lunch and we just talked without having devices. I'm not talking about COVID. If it comes up well and good, but there's more to their life than this situation. Yeah, they, they, they play sports, they've got friends, they've got dreams, they've got hopes for the future. How can that still be kept alive in our conversations and discussions? That's yeah, it, and this has been mind. a
0: hard one for them in particular because they're also old enough to appreciate, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that happened this summer yeah. all around the world. Yes. They, they were active in that or paying attention to that, you know, for those people who are like me who have a foot in an election country, you know, yeah. election stress. I mean, they are yes. hit by all kinds of stress. Um, I like what you said about, you know, taking that intentional time. We, we try to order in food every now and then and just like at least sit mm-hmm. outside, you know, just yes. change up the routine a little bit. So we're forced to, yeah, to, to make those connections and, and have time mm-hmm. with them. Is there, is there a, a key way that you have found to communicate to those young adults that balance of independence, but also you have to stay home and listen to me? like you're still in my house, you're still my kid. You know, that. Is there, mm-hmm. are, there, is there are there phrases that are, can help us maybe as parents communicate that? Because we all thought this would end, you know, in June or so. We thought they would have a normal second term or third term of school, and here we are, and we don't really know what we'll, it will look like even in January, February. I don't yes. know. Help us with that.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been very relaxed with boundaries with them. Which I think has helped. What do you mean? What do you mean? To, as in, I'm not going to be, you know, if if they're late for class, if they're late online, if okay. I get an email every once in a while that they've missed the subject, you know, I'm not going to sort of be reprimanding and oh, what's this? You know, you've got the importance of education. No, it's okay. Yeah. If you yeah. you had a if if they're up late watching the football now that the Premier League is back, you know, right. it's okay. They can yeah. they can do that. You know, um, if they're playing music really loud, it's okay. You know, because maybe that's the way that they need to express their stress at this moment.
0: That's so wise. If they're going to go out and go
1: for a run, if they need to go out running or need to do something, okay, be safe, wear a mask, sanitize, don't take too long, come back before it gets dark. But being able to give them some freedom, but still let them know that there's an expectation of them to keep safe
0: yeah yeah so where you can where you can loosen up things loosen them up this is not the mm-hmm. time to try and for all of us african parents to to get yeah. all upset about the lateness of the, the tardies it's just not yeah. the time this is not the season no. and, and I you appreciate choose that. your battles yeah you choose absolutely. your battles
1: at this time you know obviously you want things like their room to be at least tidy but you know if it's if it's messy and things are all over the place in a one it's okay yeah absolutely.
0: there are bigger battles absolutely absolutely and and i think you know choosing those battles wisely then mm. makes them maybe more receptive to when you have to say no you can't go to that 30 person gathering yes. or when you do yes. have to kind of hold the line and, and refuse some requests hopefully if you've let go somewhere else mm-hmm. then your message of, of no will land better um with them so julie you know we there are many, many of us, uh, loved ones, friends, I know many who have lost a loved one who have this yes. year has been the worst of their lives. They've lost a loved one. They've lost income. Their lives have dramatically changed. And people like you and I who have family in different places that maybe they've been separated. I know one family who's been separated now from their loved ones due to borders closing and visa issues for yes. months and don't know when they might even see each other again. Mm. If we're supporting a friend like that, what is what are some things that we can do for people um, who are facing the holidays and they are not looking forward to, you know, the first Christmas without a loved one or missing traditions because mm-hmm. they're not together or they don't have the income to do the things that they may have done? What are some ways that we can be supportive of those friends?
1: To talk about it. I think one of the, the, the one of the most important things is to not sort of brush over it think okay no, things will all be the ever optimist you know things will get better we don't know that we don't know when but we can sort of talk about how difficult it is talk about their loss talk about the grief that they're feeling talk about lost memories but also within that talk about memories which are real things that they can hold on to mm-hmm. so that they can sort of plan a little bit for the future but not letting go necessarily of where they are now be led and guided by what it is that they need Maybe not going with our own agenda. Be there if they need us. You know, within limitations, we have our own families as well. So we have to be mindful of how much we're willing to give. So we're not overstretching ourselves. You know, in in this time, we we could do that. We could say, I could do that. I could be there. I could be there for this person. No. We have to sort of say no and say I can't. But I can offer this time for you. Because I know things are difficult. And I know you've struggled with this. And you've lost this person. And this person meant a lot to you. I understand that. Tell me how you're feeling. So you're curious about where they are in their grieving or in their, in their journey or, or maybe dealing with financial crisis. Try to think with them how they're going to manage. You're not going to come with the answers for them. You're not going to tell them, okay, I, I found this, this person in this charity. No. What, have, what are they doing also to empower them in their journey of,
0: yeah. of
1: sort of uh, well-being and getting back to being on their feet again and feeling more independent.
0: Yeah, I appreciate what you said about Trying to resist that saving our friends because it's so hard to yeah. see them grieving, but just it's grief is grief, and to just to talk about it's a it.
1: process, it's a yeah. process, and it could take years. We need to be able to meet them where they are in their journey. Of yeah. Yeah, and grief could be whether it's losing a job, losing a loved one, losing—it's right. dealing with all types of grief at this
0: time. Right, absolutely, and I think that's what I, I've read so much that there's this collective grief this year. That you know, there's degrees of certainly of losing a, fr- a loved one is not the same as you know lo- losing a graduation or something like that, yes. but there is a, a profound sense of loss for everyone. Julie, when when we're talking with friends, particularly who have lost loved ones. It, it is one of those things where I think everybody... Oh, did I lose you? It, yeah, yeah I look,
1: okay. you froze there for a second, just in that question. And then, yeah, you well back. back. All right. Yes, well back.
0: <laughs> Maybe God just knew I needed another. I need you to retry <laughs> that question. I need to redo it. You <laughs> have
1: a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, exactly. Time
0: for a sip of water. Um, you know, for, for those of us who have loved ones who are um, mm-hmm. friends who have lost a loved one and that grief is so acute, I have one thing I struggle with is when do I say, I think you need help? You know, there's so much I can do for you as a friend in terms of listening and supporting, but is it ever okay to say to somebody, I think you need a professional help? Or have you thought about seeing a therapist? Like, is that okay to do? And should we do it? And how how do we know when it's the right time to do it?
1: (laughs) Especially if um, you've built a relationship with them, you know them you've got that history when things have been good and your relationship with them is going okay and you've seen them at their best yeah. and now you're seeing them at a time that's different. So you've got something to compare, you've got a point of reference that something's changed in them, that their, their mood is low, everything is negative, maybe their, their right. personal hygiene and their activities of daily living around the home, everything has deteriorated and they're really in a real slump and this slump isn't shifting. And nothing is getting them, letting them feel better. There's no good days. There's no sort of light at the end of any tunnel. Yeah. Everything is bleak. So you know, then you can sort of ask them, you know, how are things going? Are they tearful? Are they really sad? Is everything really depressing? Even in their interaction with you, is flat. You know, that sort of real flat effect. There's no yeah. conversation, there's nothing there. Yeah. Talk to them about it. You you know, you have a point of reference. Are things okay? You know. I think I'm worried about you I'm concerned have you thought about talking to somebody because as much as I'm here to support you I have limitations as to what I can give and it may not be advice and it will be coming from a place of what quite biased so actually you need them to go to a neutral person who can advise them or, or or care for them in a different kind of way yes absolutely refer them yeah refer them and suggest
0: Thanks for that. I think a lot of us tend to tiptoe around it or we do, Mm. we rely on the cliches, it'll be okay, give it time. But there is, I think both what you say is also for us ourselves, when we start to see those signs in ourselves Mm. where everything is flat, there's no... There's no joy. There is no, no anticipation joy. for anything that even for ourselves, those are signs that we maybe need to also reach out to somebody and see somebody. And there's so many great um, resources now. I feel like in the last five years, even online counseling has become way yes. more under, people understand it. They know it's there and hopefully within all kinds of price points too, that people can really access uh, more services. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm going to shift. Um topics just a little bit because you're also I don't know if I,
1: what's the proper title but you're also like a sex therapist what's the what's the official yeah title? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a psychosexual therapist sex Psycho. therapist yes people say it but okay. I, psychosexual, psychosexual. I, I, I work with sexual dysfunctions and sexual okay. issues within relationships but not just okay. sort of looking at um, people having intercourse it's more than okay. that okay it's, it's more than that some of the it's more than that well, we're whole pe- people,
0: so that makes sense. Well, of always a psycho, psycho aspect to it, a psychological aspect to it. Yes, absolutely. So are you seeing just generally, I mean, during the season when we are stressed and there is, you know, just constant kind of worry. I know for me that it's affecting my, my ability to relax. And if I'm not relaxed, I'm definitely not, you know, going to be easily turned on. So how do we manage that, Julie? Because what a, what a sad thing that something like sex and pleasure would be also absent during this time where we are so stressed Mm -hmm. and need that. So Mm -hmm. can you give us some advice, some tips, how to help ourselves kind of get out of our heads enough to be intimate with others?
1: And intimacy
0: doesn't have to be sexual. It's Absolutely. Thank you finished. for saying that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think people sort of feel, "Oh my gosh, their libido is gone." Guys are feeling, "Oh, and you know, I'm unable to to get or even maintain erection." Yeah, because you're yeah. living yeah. in, a, in the middle of a pandemic. Women maybe feel that they've just got no desire, yeah. and that's okay. It's very normal. It's yeah. normal given the current circumstances. Plus. If you have teenagers in the house and children in the house, everyone's sleep patterns are all over the place. Right. So, you know, you're feeling right. a bit more self-conscious. Yes. So there are many things to, that can come in and interfere with that. But it's to sort of try to find time to be intimate. And intimacy can be in all kinds of ways. You know, you're just holding hands, maybe you're hugging each other, you're, you're able to stroke and be tender and have those sort of moments with each other that affirm the other one and let them know that you're there. I, I, I sort of suggest the couples to do like a hug to relax exercise so mm. you ask each other can I have a hug and you're, uh, you're asking for a hug based on your need not because you think they need one
0: yeah no
1: I need a hug so I'm going to ask you, can I have a hug please you make mm. yourself available you hug each other not looking intensely in each other's faces maybe over the shoulder but you're being aware of each other you're being aware of th- their weight their breath their smell where your mm. thoughts are going so it's a real you're connected with them Mm -hmm. it's a real mindfulness hug and then after maybe 30 seconds three minutes however long is necessary you part and then you just say thank you and then you both continue doing what you were doing before the hug but you know you've you've just taken time out of your day to have a need met for you and then they then can ask you and when they're ready for the same back but it's just bringing intimacy and connection back so it's not about just having sex because it's more than that at this time especially with children as well they're you know, being Absolutely. able to hug a, a a young child or a teenager you know, they, they may not ask you but being yeah. able to just go and hug them and, and let them know that you're there
0: yeah, absolutely. Because
1: touch I, is so touch is so important.
0: It's so important. It's what, and it's what, one of the main things that we've lost during
1: this yeah. time.
0: Is we've lost touch. <laughs> we don't even yeah. get to
1: see people's faces. You know, we're right. used to seeing expression of the mouth. And right. just, it's gone. We're just seeing eyes.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. It's so Julie, what,
0: what if you don't have a partner? What if you're quarantining alone and you don't have that? You don't have somebody to be intimate with or to ask for your needs to be met. Anything or people can do when they are alone
1: Maybe they have friends they, you know even a hug can be with anybody it doesn't sure. need to be just with a, a sexual partner it could be with with a, a relative it could be with a sibling it could be with a parent or even a, a good friend a neighbor you know whoever that they're able to sort of reach out with and connect with because all we're doing is trying to create pockets of time where you're, you have those close connections with somebody mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and in this time you know our, our go-to is to isolate and sort of stay away. But, and maybe, as you said, if you live by yourself and you don't have that person, then creating those opportunities where you can connect with others safely.
0: It's almost like you, at some point, again, it's that balancing, there's a pandemic, but there's also your mental wellness and health. Absolutely. And so you need to make, take safe risks in order to make mm-hmm. sure you're staying mentally well.
1: So yes, if you have risks. been,
0: yeah, if you've been isolated for three to four months, you know, maybe quarantine diligently, then go travel to see a friend, get a COVID test, and make yes make yes. your mental health a priority because things like intimacy and touch are actually not optional. We actually need them to be mm-hmm. high functioning people. If I'm understanding you correctly,
1: yes, you are. And even if, if, even if you're at home and you're on your own and you're giving yourself a manicure, or a pedicure, yeah. or even like a you know, you could be creative yeah. in ways as you can just to create this sort of stroking and our our body holds on to to that muscle memory. So it's Hmm. just reawakening a touch that has been there before. That's what we're trying to do at this time, especially Mm. if you live alone
0: yeah well I, i'm sure youtube is a wealth of information on self-soothing techniques um there <laughs> i'm sure there are many and you're being very uh very uh, polite to keep them out I'm that, being that, polite that, you're being very polite but <laughs> i mean I, I imagine too that you know there are, yeah there are multiple ways to self-soothe and i think what i hear you saying more than anything else however we go about it to make it a priority don't lose that part of who we are in the middle of of all the stress that we're carrying and dealing with in our, yes. in our day-to-day
1: and I suppose what I would add to that then is because you know we don't want to create um, negative ways of coping and self soothing can create yeah. all sorts of somebody could grow an addiction in in the pandemic and mm-hmm. and find the way they can self by by self stimulation or, or masturbation. And then after this yeah. pandemic, you know, yeah. they, they haven't put in the positive way of managing their
0: needs yeah yeah mm-hmm. i hear what you're saying so yeah it, well it, it's, it's like to the eating the too right
1: exactly. like if i self sued
0: only with food then at some point that's not going to be that's not sustainable it's not wise. it's not sustainable um and so we end up with a, yeah something to deal with when we at finally are out of this thing which is creating another yes. issue for us which is which is scary to think about that you know we even though we're in a pandemic and we need to be kind to ourselves we also don't want to create additional addictions or challenges, for ourselves, mm-hmm. which would be yeah, a hard way to come out of this. Um, maybe there's some resources you can share with us as we're kind of just t- trying to wrap this up maybe a little bit, you know, what are some resources if we can't afford a therapist, if we mm-hmm. maybe just can't access them because of where we live or our networks, yes. what are some resources that may help us manage
1: our mental health during this season? Uh, there's online, if, if, if somebody has access to online, there are many free webinars, but okay. there are free things out there. They are online. You can find group therapies, which are usually at very low cost or sometimes even free. Um, Do you just
0: Google like online Google. group therapy. Okay, cool. Yeah, yes. Because okay. fact,
1: over the summer, I, I was even part of a 12 week program, which I just offered my time for free people are offering, um, different sort of therapies. For free or very low cost, because they know that the impact on mental health over this pandemic has been really detrimental. Yeah. So it's just a matter of just trying to really do like a fact find out there and see what's available in your area. What are people doing? Trying to see uh, what books maybe you can get hold of, which are maybe audible or, or ebooks for free. Just being able to sort of give you something to read, which lets you know that whatever you're feeling is normal and other people are, have felt it and they've come through it. Being able to not, not, maybe not watch too much to do around the pandemic because that can create anxiety as well. So you have to limit yeah. that kind of information and keep the content to be sort of more positive and more sort of well-being and building you rather than sort of in- increasing fear and anxiety.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think you're right. We, we need to limit what we need to know
1: oh, Maybe oh, unfollow
0: yeah. a few places on social media and just keep it to absolutely. the ones that will, <laughs> you know, just give you what you need. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. One of my um, one of my family members was telling me that they also have developed a WhatsApp group of um, other people in their area that they just check in with each other on their health, like, you know, once yeah. or twice a week. it's not deep. It's not, you know, but just kind of, are you doing okay? Are you still feeling well? You know, just because this isolation is so real for so many people. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a clever way to just stay connected. Um, You know, there can I'm these days feeling a bit more pressure. Like I can't keep up with my book club. I can't keep up with this. I just want to just be alone. But I really appreciate the fact that people are also finding ways to just check in on people's mental wellness by just saying, are you okay? You know, um, without the shame of, You know, feeling like I, I don't know, not the shame, that's not the right word, but feeling the heaviness of maybe having to find a therapist and find a resource, at least as one way.
1: And by reaching out to to somebody else, you're helping yourself as well.
0: Yeah, by
1: hearing their situation and their challenges, you're sort of realizing uh, we're going through something very similar.
0: Yeah, I never thought about that. You're right, though. There's a commiseration that happens. Absolutely, at, there is a commiseration <laughs> with the with the misery loves company. But it but but also provides some it provides some support. Release. Yeah, and yes, some support. Really. Absolutely. I was asking my college daughter. You know, if she felt it was easier to kind of go through this pandemic, knowing that all other college students in the entire world are similarly like frustrated, stuck with their parents, whatever. Whatever. And she's like, Yeah, kind of. I guess. You know, because there is this sense of It's not just me. Like literally every time the world can relate to what this has felt like, you know? So, well, as my last question, as you go into the holidays and uh, look at trying to celebrate and observe, maybe you can share me two things with me. One, your favorite tradition, food, something that you're looking forward to Mm -hmm. do with your family, something fun that we can all um, you know, end on a bit of a light note. And then two, maybe how are you, maybe we'll start with this question first. How are you mitigating stress in the holidays? And then what are you going to do to celebrate and observe the holidays to, to keep it fun and joyful for your
1: family? Um, keep it fun and joyful by doing some baking. I love to bake. Awesome. Uh, what are
0: you, you going to bake? Tell us, tell us. Mince pies. I love mince pies. Mince oh. pies. You know, can I tell you, for years I thought oh. that thing had meat in it. I know. And I was like how the <laughs> beef and like raisins. I just was like,
1: I never I just couldn't get it. But then I had no, one and I they're know. not
0: bad. They're not bad. You and make your delicious. own dishes.
1: I make my own but I just I when I traveled to the UK I, I come with the okay. jars. You, and come you just with keep the it there. And they last for ages. And if they do become a bit sort of dry, just add maybe some, maybe okay. orange juice or some brandy, okay. depending brandy. on who's going to be brandy. Eating. Yeah, that's me. If I'm coming, <laughs> please make it with brandy. <laughs> so I make lots of mince pies. I'll, okay. I'll look for Christmas puddings. I have a big sweet tooth. So okay. lots of cakes and bake, Yum. baking Yum. and stuff okay. like that.
0: So I th- I'm taking from that that I can also be kinder to myself about stress eating. I can just kind of be like, it's the holidays. Lean it's into a it a little bit. It's the season.
1: Yeah, it's the season. A little bit. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Julie. This is
0: why I call yeah, you Dr. Julie. And, and,
1: and next year is another year. You know, yes. that those challenges with the 15 pounds, you, you'll tackle it another time. Not to be too harsh yes. on yourself at this time.
0: Yeah. It's the holiday
1: yeah. season is and it's a different holiday season. You know, it what is know different. What it's supposed to be like. So we have to try and adapt ourselves to this environment and make it as good as, good enough as we can. And I'll, normally I buy lots of presents and give gifts. This year will be different because yeah. getting gifts into Kenya is going to be a challenge. So, yeah. you know, we've had to adapt to the way that we're going to do this Christmas, but we try and make it as fun as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. I think modifying everything and focusing modifying. on yeah, what, we can, what we can control. I, I've, yes. It's been clear to me I have control issues this year. I, I kind of knew going into <laughs> this year, but <laughs> the pandemic has made it clear that that's an issue for me and modifying mm-hmm. this year's uh, traditions will be something that will help me as well. So. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us. It has been, as always, enlightening. I always learn from you. And um, as much as I learn from you as my therapist, I learn from you more as my friend, truly, as a mother, as a professional, as a dual citizen, and all the hats that you wear, you wear it with such grace. So thank you so much for being with me today, Julie. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And to you, happy thank
1: holidays.
0: You. I will see you, I hope, before then. much, Julie. You never failed to offer me so much wisdom and insight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on Uproot today. And I'm going to give myself a foot massage per your advice. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Listeners, I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Uproot the Podcast. And on Instagram and Twitter, I am still at the handle at Uproot and Lil. That's L-I-L-L. Same place. So reach out. Let me know what you thought and please join me next week. We're gonna keep our series going in the All I Want for Christmas, and next week we're gonna talk about how all I want for Christmas is human rights. My friend Njeri Mwangi will join me. She is a Nairobi activist who has hit the global stage with the premiere of her recent film, Softy. You will not want to miss what Njeri can offer us. She is a mother, she's a human rights advocate, and she has so much wisdom about why human rights at the end of a pandemic, in the middle of all the holidays, still very much matters. And as you know, here at Uproot, it's all about joy, justice, and resilience. So I'm so glad that uh, Jerry will be adding justice to our holiday ensemble. Don't miss it next week. And in the meantime, friends, stay well. Do something kind for yourself and for others this week. And keep at it. Keep at your mental health. Keep at your peace of mind until it's.